We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, El Monte. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, El Monte. Just the beginning, notice it says in Proverbs 31, in verse 28, it says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. You have that on your flower, if I'm not mistaken. Her children rise up and, and call her blessed. Um, one translation says, Her children stand up and bless her. I like that. It kind of really captures the meaning of that passage, you know. I mean, where would we be without our moms? I like what Henry said, we wouldn't be for one. But then as we're, you know, born and then fed and then nurtured and taken care of and then poured into and lavished with their amazing love, we actually rise up, we actually can then stand up. We wouldn't be able to without them. And then the day comes where eventually there's an awakening and we realize how awesome they really are. And then that day comes where we would actually speak those words of gratitude, those words of praise, uh, those words of blessing. We say, thank you, Mom, for all that you've done. And of course, there are no words to adequately express the gratitude that we have. But it's kind of cool to have a day, huh? Isn't it cool to have a day, moms, where it's just, where it's all about you, kind of, in one sense? I mean, of course, we know it's all about God, so you wouldn't want to take that away from Him. But, you know, it's like, hey, we get to take you out. And I tell you what, you choose the most expensive restaurant there is, okay? And you know, if there's any work that needs to be done around the house, today's the day where you say, hey, uh, can you take care of this for me, honey? And, uh, and wives, make sure, moms, that you don't cook, that you don't clean, that they give you a foot massage, um, that they just lavish you with expressions of gratitude. It's really awesome. You know, when you think of all the, the different holidays, and of course there's so many that are just awesome, they make sense. This one especially, the day that we get to honor uh, mothers. Uh, how did it all begin? Well, it began with a lady named Anna Jarvis, uh, who first suggested the national observance of an annual day honoring moms because... She loved her mom so dearly. Uh, she loved her mom, admired her. Uh, apparently her mom tended to the wounded soldiers during the Civil War, and Anna saw that work of her mom. Uh, history tells us that when she was 12 years old, she heard her mother pray one day that they might be able to have a day set aside specifically for all that mothers do. And so young Anna never forgot that prayer that her mother prayed. Her mother died in 1905. And, and after her mother died, this is an interesting thing, she would actually, she loved her so much that she would have memorials for her each successive year. Apparently three years later, Anna gave a carnation, her mother's favorite flower, to every person who attended. And then she began this, uh, this uh, I guess you could say, program uh, push to have a day uh, recognized each year by Congress as a national holiday. And it finally came to pass in 1914, as I mentioned earlier, President Woodrow Wilson officially proclaimed the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day, and he said this as a public expression of our love and reverence for the mothers 
of our country. And so here's the thing. When it first started, originally it was meant to be spent in church. And so for those of you who are here, good job, right? Moms and kids. Um, but afterwards, what she had just dreamed of was that you would go to church and then you would go home and you would write a letter to appreciate your mom. And, and so, you know, when I think of that, I'm so grateful that she was relentless in her pursuit to establish that holiday, honoring moms. I look forward to spending time with my mom and my wife, the amazing mother of my children. And uh, I, I get to even take a moment here in service to say uh, thank you to you moms. We love you. We appreciate you. Because we know in many ways you have the most difficult calling on planet Earth. But with that calling, God has fashioned you into the most amazing creatures on planet Earth. I mean, there ain't nothing like a mom. And I'm sure you know that you're far more influential than the religious leaders. You guys know that, right, moms? You are far more influential than that religious leader, than that Pastor, a Spanish proverb says that an ounce of mother is worth more than a pound of clergy. We got to know that as moms, you're more influential than the religious leaders. You're more influential than the teachers in that classroom, which is why one man said the mother's heart is the child's classroom. What an influence you have. I'm sure you also know, however, that sometimes your children don't really appreciate you, especially maybe in those early days where you had to give them a trangazo or something, right? A little bit of discipline, right? But eventually, though, they, they grow up. You know, they grow up. One day, hopefully, they'll grow up, kind of like Abraham Lincoln when he grew up and he became a man and he said, no man is poor who has a godly mother. And he knew the infinite value of a mother in a man's life. And so the day that he rose up, in many ways, he fulfilled the passage that we read today. It says her children rise up and call her blessed, or her children stand up and bless her. They stand up and they're not ashamed to publicly say, you are an amazing mom. Thank you for your sacrifice which began before I was even born. You know, I think of one child who grew up to be a man, and he was a, a man's man, and he really grew up. His name is Kevin Durant. How many of you guys know Kevin Durant? I mean, you know what I mean. You don't know him, but you know who he is. He's a pretty awesome, awesome you know, basketball player. But in 2014, he was named the most valuable player in the NBA, but when he was given that award, he boldly said, there's another person better than me who really deserves this honor of MVP. And it wasn't his dad, and it wasn't his coach, and it wasn't his teacher, and it wasn't some other great NBA player. No, Kevin Durant said, you know, the, the one that deserves this award is my mother. You know, he said on that day, you know, when something good happens to you, he said, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to look back to what brought me here. And so he said this to his mom on that day. He said, I, I don't think you know what you did. You know, you had my brother when you were 18 years old, and three years later, I came out. And the odds were stacked against us. You were a single parent with two boys by the time you were 21 years old. Everybody told us we weren't supposed to be here. 
You know, we move from apartment to apartment to apartment by ourselves. He said this, one of the best memories I have is when we moved into our first apartment, no bed, no furniture, and we just all sat in the living room and hugged each other because, you know, we thought we made it, right? We got our apartment. And he said to his mom, you woke me up in the middle of the night in the summer times, and you made me run up hills, you made me do push-ups, you screamed at me from the sidelines when I was only eight and nine years old playing basketball. Mom, we weren't supposed to be here, but you made us believe. You kept us off the street, you put clothes on our back, food on the table. When you didn't eat, you made sure we ate. You went to sleep hungry, you sacrificed for us. And Kevin Durant said to his mom on that day, Mom, you're the real MVP. And isn't that true? I mean, we read that here. Her children stand up and bless her. You know, being a mom, they say, the, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. What an influence you have on your children and the way that you were wired and the love that God gave you for your kids is absolutely supernatural. The mission of a mom is the greatest privilege in the world, but it's also when done right, the greatest sacrifice in all of life. And you know, today I want to share, there's not nearly enough time to talk on all that moms do, but here in Proverbs 31, we not only have the characteristics of a virtuous wife, I would just say the characteristics of a virtuous mom, the, the virtuous woman, and that's why her children rise up and call her blessed. Because look at verse, uh, verse uh, 13 of Proverbs 31. It says this, She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. You know, to be a mom, and you guys can look back and you can appreciate maybe your own mom or maybe you're right in the middle of this thing and you're, you know, learning how to, to be a mom. I think we can all learn principles here. But when you talk about the virtuous woman, the virtuous wife, the virtuous mom, one thing about her is this. She is not lazy. She is not lazy. She willingly works with her hands, the Bible says. And every once in a while, they might use a chancla, right? But, but usually, usually it's with their hands on, right? <laughs> I mean, they're not afraid to get their hands dirty. They don't grudgingly work. They don't grudgingly work. It says right here, they willingly work. They don't normally have the money or even the mentality that says, well, others should be doing this, not me. No, they work and they willingly work with their own hand. And in all reality, what you know about moms whenever you watch them is that their work is never done. It's never done. You know, a lot of that work has to do with food uh, in all reality, right? We read that in verse 14. It says, she is like the merchant ships and she brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and, and even a portion for her maidservants. You know, when, when we read the Proverbs, it's kind of interesting. Most of it is the, the counsel, uh, the wisdom that a dad gives to his son. But this chapter is kind of cool. It's the wisdom that a mom gives to her son. 
And she shares a few words in the beginning, but then she shares with him, Miho, when you're looking for a wife, this is the kind of woman that you want. You want a virtuous woman, right? You want a woman who works willingly with her hands. You want a woman, in one sense, who can cook. <laughs> it's kind of what he says right here. And you know, I don't feel bad if you can't cook that good. It's not too late to learn. But <laughs> one of the things that we see here is kind of cool. As a virtuous mom, one who's worth far more than rubies, she goes and she gets those raw ingredients, man. And you know, it talks about you know sending these stuff from the merchant ships, right? And uh, while the rest of the family is still sleeping, they're still snoring. Uh, before the light of day, the Bible says she rises and she starts making the homemade tortillas and the homemade salsa and the homemade cookies and, you know, of course, the fresh beans and pancakes from scratch, chorizo con papas, all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, she's just there working hard. And usually when mom's making the food from scratch, those raw ingredients, I mean, she's not just picking something up from Mickey D's necessarily, you know. She's really cooking. Usually it's stuff that the, the hubby likes or that the kids like. Why? Because that's the heart of a mom, right? You know, from day one, there's mom and she's feeding the child. It's a labor of love that's unforgettable. Which is why, when you think about it, a lot of guys, they tend to say, even after they're married, they might say to their wife, it's good, sweetheart, but it's not like mom, you know, made it. And you got to be careful with that, just to let you know. <laughs> but it's just a lot of work. All that goes into it, the shopping, the, the cooking, and then the cleaning afterwards, right? I don't know if you guys were here last week, but we had a, a Greg come out and teach, and he said something about guys doing dishes, now, I don't know what Bible he was teaching from, uh, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, nine times out of ten, she's there shopping, cooking, cleaning, scrubbing those big pots, crock pots. I think maybe we guys should help them. But at the end of the day, this is the heart of a mom. She's willingly working, right? And so whatever you do, man, I just got to tell you guys this. Don't make them cook today. Okay, I was talking to one mama. She's going to be cooking today. And I'm like, what? Get out of that family right now. <laughs> I cannot believe this. <laughs> you know, she's a hard worker. She's a cooker. Uh, she's an investor, we're going to see. She's a farmer. She's a tailor. Look at verse 16. She considers a field and buys it. And from her prophet, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. And she perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hand to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself, and her clothing is fine linen and purple. I mean, she willingly works with her hands. Now, I will say this, that for you guys, you're looking and praying for a wife, you know, this is kind of what uh, I think this is actually, my opinion is this Bathsheba writing to Solomon. He didn't listen to her, but we can actually take some things from this. You know, he said, when you're looking for a wife, this is kind of what you want to look for. And if you're a wife, 
that maybe is wanting to get married or you just want to be that godly woman, these are things that you should aspire to do. You know, to be a hard worker, willingly, not grudgingly, willingly working with your hands. And, you know, it's a lost art, but, you know, a good cook or even someone who's good with the finances, you know, those are things that we want to get right. Even here we, we read in verse 16, she's an investor. Notice again, she considers a field and buys it. And from her profits, she plants a vineyard. You know, I mean, it's so cool when you read that. You know, a lot of times what we have is mom's, that are not good with finances. And what we have right here in the virtuous mom is the epitome of the, maybe a penny pincher, not drowning the family in debt, but even making a little profit on the side. You know, we read in verse 17 that she girds herself with strength and, and strengthens her arms. And so you, can you picture your mom right there doing the curls? I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> maybe what she's doing. No, not really. That's not what she's not pumping iron. Um, actually, it means that she's working energetically, man. She girds her loins with strength and with vigor. Uh, she basically has a healthy attitude toward work. And it's kind of like this, you know. I, I always tell guys, I mean, it's cool to go out in the gym, man. It's cool to lift weights. It's cool to pump iron. But you know what? It's even cooler, maybe in one sense, to do work out in the yard and to dig a hole and to build a wall and to, to learn how to work physically. How about getting strong by doing work? And in one sense, it's kind of the same way with the ladies. You know, you, you look at that, that gal over there and she's all toned. You know, I guess girls like to be toned, right? And so someone comes up to her and say, hey, you're so toned. How'd you do that? Do you go to the gym? She's all, yeah, I go to the gym. Which one? Mommy's gym, that's where I go, you know, because <laughs> you're working, you're always with your hands, you're cooking, you're shopping, you're cleaning, you know, you're investing, you're even planting things, you're, you're farming, that's what it says right here, man, you're, you're planting and you're getting the, the, the raw tomatoes, or the best organic fruits and veggies and value that you could find, and, and you know, it's just so cool when you see what moms actually do. It's just an amazing thing. All the work that's involved in it, you know? I mean, maybe you have holes in your socks and t-shirts or tops. You don't have to worry. You don't have to buy new ones. Why? Because mom's there, man, and she will mend them. She knows how to sew, maybe even able to make some clothes, right? We read that here in our text. Um, and I know you think about that. You're like, me making my own clothes? Manny, are you crazy? I go to Nordstrom, you know, or whatever, man. And I know that can be probably a challenge. I would imagine that would be a difficult thing to do, but I bet you, you could do it if you really want to. You know, I think of my mother-in-law. She uh, actually knew how to sew like crazy. And uh, whenever my, my wife, uh, she went to all these dances in high school, none of them really counted except for the one she went to with me. And... Um, <laughs> But for all those dances, man, her mom made her dresses and saved her so much. And they were gorgeous. Why? Because she was a Proverbs 31 woman, a Proverbs 31 mom, right? And I think when you, when you look at this, of course, you know, just scratching the surface, when you look at moms, I think we need to appreciate, number one, the work that they did. 
Number two, I, I think we need to appreciate the words that they spoke. Uh, look at verse 26. It says, And she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. You know, that's what moms do, man. They, they work so hard, and the words that they speak over our life, what an impact. What guidance they provide for us, right? I mean, you know, since the very beginning, words of wisdom spoken to our children, right? Um, you know, put your jacket on, it's cold outside, you know, knucklehead or whatever. Um, look both ways before you cross the street. I mean, don't talk to strangers. Now we say something like, call me when you get there. Uh, make sure you eat. Make sure you wash your hands before you eat. Make sure you pray before you eat. Don't be like a dog. You know, things like that. Moms will speak to their children. And, of course, uh, all the words of wisdom, the things that they've gone through, the ups and downs, the heartaches of life, they've learned so much. And they transfer that wisdom over to us. Of course, we know the greatest wisdom of all is the wisdom that they speak to us when that wisdom comes from the Word. You know, I think of Timothy. When he uh, was receiving a letter from Paul the Apostle, Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 5, he said, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. You know? And when Paul thought of Timothy, what he saw was he was really saved. He was really saved. When I think, he said, of the genuine faith that is in you. You know, and sometimes, you know, you might, you might look at your child or whatever, and, and you might wonder, are they really saved? Do they really know the Lord? I mean, if they were to, to die today, Lord, some parents might even say, I'm not really sure if they really know you. You know, I want to encourage you moms, that if you find yourself in that position, to be encouraged to know that that was the influence that, you know, mom had on Timothy. And it's interesting that her mom had on her. You know, what a difference you can make when you, when you pray for them. You get on your knees, you get on your face for your children that their, that their faith would be genuine. Not just that they come to church, you know, because a lot of times we think, well, as long as they're in church... You know what? Maybe not. And I hate to say that. But see, it doesn't make you a Christian. You know, all my kids, they go to church every week. It doesn't make them a Christian. Sometimes they got to go out there and they got to learn and they got to humble themselves. And they have to be broken and they have to experience the heartache that Satan would throw their way and sin would throw their way and the consequences of that sin in order to really break them so that they would genuinely, genuinely be saved. That's the most important thing, not that they go to church. Of course you want them here. You know, of course you want them to be in fellowship where they're going to grow as Christians. And, you know, where, you, where you're thinking, man, they're in a good atmosphere and they're going to be safe and they're going to hear the word. But at the end of the day, that's not what matters the most, you know. Like Dr. Dobson, he told his kids, 
You know, one day I'm going to die. Let me tell you something. When I die, I'm going to go to heaven. Remember two words. Be there. Be there. You know, when Paul was writing to Timothy, he saw a genuine faith in him. Not a superficial faith. There was no question about whether or not he was really saved. And the thing that he said about Timothy was the reason you're a Christian is because of your mom. And the reason that she's a Christian is because of her mom. And I pray that you moms would know that you know, you make that type of difference. And at the end of the day, although we would like you to make homemade tortillas and chorizo con salsa every, no, papas, uh, I mean, all that kind of stuff, what, we really, what God really wants is to use you to bring them to him. You see? And, and, and that's the thing. I think of Augustine. You guys probably heard of him. He's one of the most influential men that the church has ever known. I mean, he formed doctrine when you know all that was just getting started and just a, a blessing in so many ways. But he was out there. He was way out there, so far from God, living a life of uh, you know enjoying prostitutes and drinking and all that the world had to offer. But his mom. His mom was praying. His mom was weeping. His mom was crying out to God. And then one day, you know, uh, she's there and she's just, you know, talking to the pastor and pouring out her heart on behalf of her son. You know, he's asking this guy, well, what's going to happen to my son? And, you know, it's kind of cool what the pastor said. He said, there's no doubt in my mind that your son will be saved. How can God ignore the cries of a mom? You know, and, and that's my, my encouragement to you to know that. You know, when you speak those words of wisdom, and right here it talks about the, the law of kindness on your lips. You know, let it be the word of God. Let it be the wisdom that comes from his word. You know, we think of so many in church history, maybe a John Wesley or a Charles Wesley or a C.H. Spurgeon or or a Chuck Smith, in all reality, they were the men they were because of the moms they had. What an influence moms have. You know, I always think of Thomas Edison. Um, you guys probably know him because most of you pay your bills to Edison, right? <laughs> but did you know that when he was a young lad that his teacher sent him home with a note that said, your child is dumb, we can't do anything for him? And so Mrs. Edison wrote back and she said, you don't know my boy, I will teach him myself. And she did. And the results, it's history. He invented uh, so many things, including the phonograph, the motion picture camera, and of course the electric light bulb. Over a thousand patents in numerous countries from someone who was sent home, from someone who was put down by a false teacher, but then lifted up and caught and taught by his true intended teacher, his mom. That's the difference that you make. You can teach them academically. You can teach them spiritually. You see, this is a mom, and you remember her work, and, and you remember her words. 
And then the last thing is, is you remember her watch. Look at verse 27. It says she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. I, don't know, I wonder if any of you here have a mom like that where she watches over the ways of her household. You know, you guys, any of you guys here, were you raised by a mom who had eyes in the back of her head just out of curiosity? I mean, they just see everything, man. And it's like an intuition that they might have. And, you know, it's just part of the calling of being a mom. I mean, they are so protective, right? They really are. And that's why um, I know this might sound strange for you or foreign to you or whatever, but I tell you what, man, um, you know, you got to have that, 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 that mentality that, you know, you're watching over your kids. And, you know, sometimes, you know, some of those families, I don't know why they end up that way, but the, the kid closes the door and he says, you know, parents stay out. You know, and they lock the door. It's like mom and dad can't come in. If that's your house, what do you do? You take off the door, right? I mean, you know, their kids are on the phone, and they come by, and they're like this. And you say, give me that phone. Give me that phone. What's your passcode? You don't have no passcode for me. You know, I'm going to find out. You know, that's the way that moms are. That's the way that parents should be. In many ways, they're watching over the ways of their household. Not because necessarily you don't trust them as much, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that you don't trust the crazy world that we live in. I mean, there is a reason why you told them not to talk to strangers. Those things are still real. You know, you have that type of mom. It says right here, her children rise up, call her blessed. But why is that? Because she watches over the ways of her household and she does not eat the bread of idleness. And in one sense, you know what that means, you guys? It means that she's not idle. She knows what's up. She knows who her kids are running with. She knows who they're talking to on the internet, on the phone, in their life. She's protecting them. She's not an idle mom. She's a mom who is involved in the life of her children. You know, I can't help but think of that recent uh, video that, that went viral whether you like it or not, I know it's different opinions and stuff, but how many of you guys saw that video of the Baltimore mom? Baltimore mom. We should show it right now. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you guys saw it, but in the, in the wake of uh, uh, the funeral for Freddie Gray, you guys know his story. He was a young man. Uh, in the midst of charges of police brutality, who died after his neck was broken while in custody, you guys know, right, the streets of Baltimore, they erupted in protests and often violence and resulted in injury to police and protesters, not to mention the damage of the looting and the vandalism that went on. But in the midst of all that, and you got all these kids out there, right, and these young guys, man, you know, in walks this Baltimore mother chasing down her son, clawing him, grabbing him, smacking him. I think she was even kicking him. I mean, she was just all over her son. Now, of course, I wouldn't necessarily advocate the language that she chose to use necessarily, but I will say there is a mom who is watching over the ways of her household. I don't know how she knew he was there. I don't know how she recognized that guy, man. He was all masqueraded. I, I guess she knew his shoes. <laughs> That's how moms are. 
And she went in there, man, and she cleaned house, right? And so what does everybody say after it's all said and done? The Baltimore mom, she becomes famous and everything and says, who needs a National Guard? Send in the moms, right? <laughs> and that's the way you guys it should be. You know, when you look at this right here and you're, you know, you're honoring moms and you're inspiring or aspiring to be that mom, you know, I want to encourage you moms to know that we need you. We need you to be just like the Bible says. We need you to be those moms who, you know, work. And even though the day will come, hopefully, where we can honor you and we can take care of you because you are worthy of that, we want you to know we appreciate every single meal you ever made. Every single, and my son, he loves bean and cheese burritos, man. And my wife, and I make them. You know, I make them, right? And I, he's like, Dad, sorry. They're not as good as mom's. I'm like, dude, they're the same beans, the same cheese, and the same tortillas. He's like, Dad, but it's not made with love. <laughs> I'm all, Shushay, you have a point there, right? I mean, we appreciate that. I mean, all the hard work that they do and all the amazing words that they speak. And in comes your five-year-old little boy. He says, hey, Mommy, one day I want to be the President of the United States. Right? And what does Mom say? She said, you'd make a great President. I tell you what, I will be there with you every step of the way because I believe in you. See, that's what moms do. There's those words of wisdom on their tongue is this law of kindness. And they are watching over the ways of their household. You know, and it's amazing to me when you see what moms are and what a blessing, man, that God has given to us in this. The greatest privilege, the greatest task, but the greatest sacrifice, I believe, ever to be made other than that of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me share with you this in closing. A, a word to moms. It's a word to moms. The moment a child is conceived, so is a mom. The moment a child is given or born, she from that point in time will adorn a new title, a new task. And one day God will ask, were your responsibilities your priorities? For being a mom is in some ways the highest call of all. But not to worry, moms. You have God's grace, his word, his spirit, and his love. You have all you need, but please take heed to raise his kids to live above. The most important thing about being a mom is doing your best to make sure that one day they are there in heaven. Continue to nurture them with the nature that you've been given by God. And whatever you do, continue to model and point them to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. It's the most important thing of all. You know, when I think of moms, I don't know about you, but I can't help but thinking about Jesus. Because isn't that kind of what he did? I mean, do you guys think Jesus worked? He worked pretty hard when he died on the cross for us, huh? What do you think about Jesus' words? The greatest words ever spoken, right? When he taught and he gave us the Bible, right? 
And what do you think about Jesus watching over us? Do you guys know that Jesus watches over you so intensely that he sees you as if you were the only one to be seen? That's how much he loves you. And every once in a while I'll talk to someone and they say, well, I didn't have a mom. And, you know, it's so hard. You know, sometimes, you know, your heart just goes out to these kids. They, they didn't have a dad or, or maybe they didn't have a mom. And I understand that's very, very difficult. But you want to know something? You have a God who loves you and who has been watching over you ever since the day you were born. And he's fed you and he's led you and he bled on that cross for you and he died for you. He died for your sins. And then they put him in a grave. Three days later, he rose from that grave and he conquered death in order to prove everything he claimed, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And all you have to do today, all you have to do today is turn from your sins, be willing to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. And I'll tell you what, man, today can be the day of salvation. You know, I don't know for sure, but uh, usually on Mother's Day, you know, you're going to get a, a couple of visitors. Uh, you're going to get a, a couple of children. And I know that a lot of the children that come in are already saved. So don't think I'm talking necessarily about you, right? But maybe uh, you're here visiting. Or maybe you're here in church because of your mom. You're like, oh, mom, what do you want for Mother's Day? I'll get you an Apple Watch, Mom. I'll buy you a Hummer. I'll buy you a house. Mom says, I don't want any of that. I want you to come to church with me. Because I want you to go to heaven with me. And so here you are. You know, and you're like, well, I don't know who you are, Manny. You look kind of short and kind of weird. And you cry too much. <laughs> and that's okay. You don't have to know who I am. But you know your mom. She loves you. With a love that is so great, it's only second to the love of God. And so I would ask you today, if God is calling, if God is tugging, maybe today's a day where you can give not only her, but you can give to God the greatest gift you could ever give. And that you would give God your heart. Because you need Him. If you die in your sins without Him, you will perish. But if today you put your hand in His nail-scarred hands, Today you turn from your sins and you trust in Jesus. I promise you this, on the authority of God's word, that you will be forgiven of all your sins. And one day, and hopefully it's a long ways away, but you never know, one day, when that day comes and you die, you will go to heaven. And I think, kind of like Timothy, we'll be able to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you.
We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.